Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the And another game, and another thing we have to talk about, of course is a Wolves collapse. Really unfortunate. You know, you had the issues with the Grizzlies game, and now we're looking at another game here where it's tough. And I really appreciate you if you are listening in here on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, or if you are listening to us in our podcast form, because as a Wolves fan, it's tough right now. It absolutely is. Now, we've been saying that for 31 years or so, it's been tough as a Wolves fan pretty much all the time. So we're not new to this. But at the same time, you start to get beaten down as a fan at a certain point. I'll be honest, I've kind of gone through the many stages of grief at this point, And I've kind of accepted the loss last night. And now I've kind of started to really just dive into everything that's been going on with this team. Of course, the biggest thing that people want to do is uh, point blame. I think there's lots of blame to go around, and we're going to discuss that as we break down this game. Again, this is Wolves versus Magic. Uh, let's get into it. Bad start in this one as we foul Fournier on a three, and he makes all the free throws. This is his first game back in a while. They, the team only had two wins while Fournier was out. So it's unfortunate but not surprising that the Wolves are the beneficiaries of his first game back. And he has been a Wolves killer historically. Same with Terrence Ross. Both players are playing in this game. So it's going to be a battle. Definitely going to be a battle. And the one thing I'll say, by the way, as we uh, dive into this, I'm going to break down the last few minutes of this game live. Very similar to what we did with the Grizzlies game. So once we get to the end of the breakdown, we're going to jump into the film a little bit. Akogi with two straight, and the Wolves are able to get back on top, but Reed unfortunately screws up on defense, and Vooch hits a wide open three, followed by Enos kicking the ball, or sorry, Ennis kicking the ball out of bounds, and the refs give it to the Magic. Like, what is that? If you watch it back, absolutely ridiculous. He just literally just kicks it out of bounds, not on purpose, of course, because that's a technical, but it's clearly off his foot, and yet they get the ball. 
Akogi, though, early up to eight points, and he is absolutely dominating offensively because you're always going to get, for the most part, pretty good defense or really, really good defense from Josh Akogi, depending on. But the offense is always the question mark, and so far we're seeing a, a very aggressive and very solid Josh Akogi on the offensive end. Wolves' defense, though, is super lazy early on. And another Vucevic three. The Magic are now up five. But just like that, Vando hits a corner three. And I see this, and I'm absolutely speechless. Because, first of all, when he shoots a jump shot, you cringe. It looks bad. Second of all, someone pointed this out to me. Now, during the telecast, they said that was the first, that was his first jump shot that he's taken for the Wolves this season. But someone else mentioned it's only his the second one of his career or something like that. Something absurd. So the guy just does not shoot jump shots. Which again, if you can't shoot, don't shoot. That's fair. So for him to make that three was like a one in a million. But it went in and, and you're taking it. Nas Reed continues to be clueless on defense. For whatever reason, he can't stop leaving Vucevic and wide open again. But then D'Lo turns it over Ryan is not happy, and we have an early timeout. Wolves, 19 steals over the last two games, tied for sixth in the NBA. That is a stat that I love to see. We we like the, the improved defense, right? We're seeing improved defense, at least I am, uh, whether it's Nas Reed, whether it's uh, D'Angelo Russell. Guys are stepping up and playing better defense, and you love to see it. Hopefully something like that is going to continue Reed with some great defense, finally. And then Vando gets a great block. The energy with this group right now is solid. And it, it's exactly what you want. If you're going to get out to a fast start, that's great. But if you can't get out to a fast start, at least be engaged. And we were able to see that early. Edwards comes in. He's able to hit a nice corner three. And the Wolves need him to get back on track. You hope that this is going to be that start as he's struggled the last few games. McDaniels checks in with four minutes to go. Wolves are down 21 to 16, and J-Mac and J-Mac both in the current lineup. You know, the interesting thing going into this game, one of the storylines was the the Bar Charles Barkley and the Malik Beasley back and forth. Um, you know, he talked about uh Barkley, that is, something around along the lines of Beasley having a, a hot a hot start to the season, and he was referencing the off-the-court things, which Beasley was not happy about. If I'm Malik Beasley, I'm coming out on fire, right? I've got this. I'm going to give it all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to hit some shots. I'm really going to do my thing. And this is one of those games where, unfortunately, offensively, uh, Malik Beasley just did not show up, and that was very surprising to me. Currently, it's J-Max squared, Edwards, Beasley, and Davis. And while they haven't broke through, the effort is off the charts. And this is the hustle we need to see from this team all the time, and we just haven't gotten that consistently. Well, so far, 8 of 19 and as you can imagine, that is not something to write home about, and there's a reason why they are down early in this one. Edwards, though, with the home run dunk, and to me, this is the kind of thing that you need to get some fire on your team and to get kind of moving in that right direction. They've been hustling, playing well, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. A big play like this hopefully uh, gives you something extra, an extra boost that you need. Culver gets in, and he's off to a hot start of mistakes on both ends. I was really hoping... Coming into this game, every game, I say to myself, this is going to be the game, right? Could this be the game where Jarrett Culver finally you know, turns, turns the corner? And it just never seems to happen. Russell hits a three, though, to end the quarter, and that's the first score for Russell or Beasley in this game. 25-21, to 21, the Wolves are down after the first. Early in the second, Wolves still a bit off as Edwards misses a layup, and after a trap in the corner, D'Lo calls a timeout. Saunders draws up a nice play, gets D'Lo an open three, hits it, and let's see if that's what it takes to get him on track. 
Wolves with a great defensive possession, followed by another D-low three, and he is heating up. Game is tied with at 27 with 10.34 to go in the second. McDaniels helps force a steal and then gets paid off with a huge dunk in transition, and the Wolves like that are up three. McDaniels, D'Lo, Edwards, Davis, and Culver is not the group I would have expected to succeed, but so far so good, and that includes Jared Culver making plays on both ends, and I'm loving seeing this version of Jared Culver. If he can keep it up, this team can go places. Wolves up five after a 14-2 overall run. Speaking of runs, another game, and still Edwards cannot buy a foul so far. He has been critical of the refereeing. He feels like he gets fouled a lot, and he absolutely does. I can't remember who posted this, but there was actually a thread posted to Twitter of the numerous plays where he drives in and gets fouled. It's super frustrating. I understand the idea that rookies don't get calls, which, first of all, I think is incredibly stupid. It's one of those things where I'm never going to understand. But at the same time, my goodness, so many. I mean, it's not even that he's that he's just getting few calls. He's getting no calls, and that's really where the frustration lies. And if you're if you're a rookie or if you're a really good player and you're used to, like, getting calls, which he is, you know, when you're in college, one of the better players, you're going to get calls. The aggressive players generally do, but that, on, that part has not translated yet. Russell now 4 of 4 from 3 as the Wolves are now up 35 to 27 with 8.30 to go in the first half. Jared Culver gets it to 10, point lead and he has a look of just grit on his face the lack of confidence seems to have disappeared all of a sudden can he keep this up only the fourth time this season the Wolves have had a double digit lead which makes sense given we only have three wins on the year Wolves continue with this hot hand group something his haters have been griping about him not doing so a lot of people have said why does he go away from the hot players when they're playing well in reference to Ryan Saunders well in this game he did not do that and he did not disappoint, at least early on. We'll touch more on that towards the end. McDaniels, by the way, really, really impressing me. Early on, he wasn't able to score, but he was doing so many good things, whether it's blocks, just defense in general. He can rebound. I love this kid. And he's proven at this point that he deserves minutes. I'll say this. When Wancho comes back, I don't want to see him take the court. I do not care how much money he makes. It's got to be McDaniels. It's got to be Vando. Those are the guys we want to watch. And those are the guys that are going to get us wins. Plain and simple. With 6.50 to go, the Magic score one point. D'Lo comes out, and I say to myself, let's see how this plays out. That's one of those big things where you say to yourself, all right, D'Lo comes out. He'd been playing well, but he needed a break. They even mentioned this in the telecast. They both said, all right, D'Lo gets a break, much needed. And uh, right before that, he had missed a three. So he had broken that streak. Probably, to me, was a good time to give him a little rest. So much positive body language from the team right now, and I love seeing that. Now, granted, we all know how this game ended up going, so that positive body language is out the door rather quickly at that point. But there's, there were just things to like in this game going forward and things you want to see going forward as well. Magic, 10 straight missed shots over a span of almost six minutes. Pretty crazy, and a lot of that was due to Wolves playing some really good defense. Nas with the corner three off a great Jordan pass, and the Wolves are now up 14 off of a 24-3 run and make that 27-3 after McDaniels gets a great block in a Jordan McLaughlin three, and the Wolves are up 17 points. Nas Reed, though, doing it all. He drives, and he's yelling on defense. This is the Nas Reed we need. He's communicating, he's competing, and he's making shots. 
D'Lo comes back in, and he still looks great. Hits the three-point play on the drive and foul. Wolves are up 19 with two minutes to go. Ross picks up his third foul, and as a Wolves killer, that's good to see. But here's the interesting thing. So Dave Ben says this is his third foul. We get into the third quarter, though, and fairly early on, Ross gets another foul, and they say it's his third foul. So something's not right there. My guess is Dave Ben's there. They must have had an official scorer or their scorer that must have had the fouls wrong or something. But that ended up being uh, really costly. Wolves so far, 11 of 20 in the quarter, and the Magic, 3 of 21, if you want to know how this quarter has really gone and what has helped the Wolves build this big lead. D'Lo definitely bringing improved defense lately. If you're watching him, it's not just uh, it's not just effort, but like his hands, he's getting steals. He's definitely improving on the defensive end. And this is what you wanted when you brought in David Venterpool, right? You brought him in, you said, all right, can we get him to do to our guards what he did with Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum? That's why you brought him in. That's what you'd like to see. And we're definitely starting to see the fruits of the labor, which is good. 51-35, Wolves up at halftime. A 30-10 second quarter for the Wolves. The Magic haven't won a game this year, went down at the half. And I'll tell you this, when Dave Benz said that stat on the telecast, I immediately cringed. And it felt like one of those announcer jinxes. And I'm not I'm not putting the loss on, on Dave Benz, obviously, but it just felt like, oof, oh, I wish he hadn't said that. It just felt like the second you hear that stat, it's one of those things that was just going to find a way to, to you know jump out at you. Beasley, two threes to start the second half. And to me, this is who I thought we would get all game. This is the player, after the Charles Barkley comments, after Beasley posted on social media, this is what we were expecting to get in this game, or at least I was, is the, the player that we started to get when the second half started. Wolves still up 17 with eight to go, but things are getting a bit sloppy, and the Wolves can't afford to take the foot off the gas. This has been happening for a number of years now, but I until the game is 30 points. So until the Wolves have a 30-point lead, I just never feel comfortable. And at no point in this game did I ever feel comfortable. Akogi hits a pretty-looking three, and that is something the Wolves have sorely missed from not just him but Culver as well. On the offensive end, both those guys lack so much confidence that the defense doesn't need to watch them as closely as they should, and that's a problem. If we can get those guys to start hitting open shots, heck, even start taking open shots, those guys pass up open shots frequently, and that's that has to change if this team is going to be successful. Saunders calls a timeout. Wolves up 15 after a Cole Anthony three. And to me, this felt like a good timeout. It felt like there was just something not right with the team. And Ryan Saunders could call that timeout and the team could get together and regroup. McDaniel's back in and he's back doing it on both ends. Another block for him. And that's a nine for the team already in this game. But slowly but surely, Magic fighting back down 13 now with four to go in the third. McDaniel's hits the three to keep the Magic at bay. Now 14-point lead for the Timberwolves. Magic, though, back to within 10, just over a minute to go. Can the Wolves find an answer? And unfortunately, they cannot. 77-68, Wolves up after three as Vooch hits the buzzer beater three. And that is definitely foreshadowing when you look at buzzer beating threes. An early score in that fourth, and the Magic are now on an 11-2 run with within seven points. And this feels like the story Wolves fans now are far too used to, right? And I say that, and McDaniels, though, answers with a three, and just like that, the Wolves are back on top double digits. Wolves also two fouls already, less than a minute into the fourth. 
That is not ideal. That is that is not what you want to see. It's a little frustrating when stuff like that happens. We have a tendency to pick up ticky-tack fouls, not fouls that I don't think should be called. Like legitimately, these are fouls, just weak ones, right? Things that you need to be smarter about. Culver with an awful turnover, and we cannot have the bad Culver show up. He had been playing so well in stretches in this game. You hit that fourth quarter, and you see that, and you say, don't do it, man. Don't lose that confidence. We need you to be 100%. Ed Davis with the putback dunk. And I got to say, in this specific game, I actually thought he was better. I think a lot of the games we've seen, his main skill has just been fouling. He doesn't really do a whole lot. I actually thought Ed Davis gave us some pretty good minutes here. Ed Davis, though, called for his fifth foul, and it is an absolutely garbage call. Absolutely garbage. If you watch the replay, it is not a foul. Absolutely killer. And uh, just like that, he's got five. One more, and he is out. Magic now down just five points after a Gordon dunk, and the Wolves are really, really struggling. And to me, this feels like a massive collapse, albeit a bit of a slow one. Noth gets back in, and he keeps up his strong play, hits the three, and the Wolves are back up eight with 7.37 to go. Wolves 14 of 31 in the game from deep. You'll take that. Any game where you can be almost 50% from three, you will absolutely take that. Threesley up to 13, same as the Wolves lead, 6.28 to go in the game. With 5.36 to go, the Magic are in the bonus the rest of the way. And to me, that is going to definitely rear its ugly head. Wolves, on the other hand, have barely shot any free throws this game. Normally able to draw fouls. And I'm not even saying that the refereeing was bad. I'm not saying there was a bunch of missed calls. We just didn't do it. We just we weren't able to do it in this game. And that definitely was uh, something that, to me, uh, is going to hurt you. You need to be able to get to the line. With 4.40 to go, Vooch misses a three. And at this point, I, I remember thinking to myself, this feels like a tipping point shot. Where if he makes it... It just seems like that's all she wrote for the Wolves. If he misses it, Wolves got a shot, and the Wolves you know, can take it and, and move on. Saunders calls a timeout, and out of the timeout, we go two point guards with D'Lo and J-Mac for the first time in the game, and this is where we're going to jump in live. I've got the video queued up, and we are going to, you know, let's just see what happens. Now, first possession, we're going with two point guards, and I will say this. And this is, this is something a lot of fans have complained about. You're moving D'Angelo Russell off ball, at least for the first possession. And that is frustrating. And you know what ends up happening, by the way? We dribble around for a bit. There doesn't seem to be really any sort of play. And then D'Angelo Russell dribbles and just throws the ball to, to Nas Reed, as, the grenade as they call it, and Nas is expected to somehow score. I don't know what that was. It was ugly. And that's out of a timeout. People want to talk about how Ryan Saunders doesn't drop plays. I'm going to disagree there, but in this instance, whatever was drawn up was bad. I mean, it just didn't work. There was nothing nothing good coming from that. And this is where you say to yourself, all right, the Wolves are up 10 points right now, right? 81-91. And what is the team going to do to hold that lead? Ryan Saunders makes the change, takes out Jaden McDaniels, which in itself I think is a mistake, although I'd have to look back to see how many how many minutes he had played straight. He had been in for a while, so... It's one of those things where maybe they wanted to give him a little bit of a rest, but he never came back in, and he had been one of our best players. So that was very, very frustrating to see. Also, I'm going to touch on this. The two-man lineup of D'Angelo Russell and Jordan McLaughlin, they've played 24 minutes together now, and that includes I, I believe that includes this game. They are a minus 80. A minus 80. That's terrible. Like, how is that even possible? That's their net rating. Their net rating is a minus 80. 
in 24 minutes. It's bad. It's bad, folks. I mean, it just is. That's that's the kind of thing you just can't have. And it's funny because last season that was a two man lineup that worked really well. But we're not. We we have not seen that at all. We need to stop with the with the two point guard lineups. We absolutely have to. Uh, so here we go. Wolves able to get a couple stops. And then Jordan McLaughlin brings it down, gets Josh Okogie, the most wide-open three you will ever see in your life, and Josh misses it. And here's the thing I'll say about that play. Josh has – it's great that he's got the confidence to shoot that because he hasn't had much confidence this season. But that's, to me, a mistake. I would rather we – it's early in the shot clock. It's a transition three. I get that he's wide open. But, man, you're you're just not good enough at this stage to take that shot. I just don't think you can do it. And he's a guy that I think – I haven't seen anyone touch on this, but I'm going to touch on it. I think Josh Kogi down the stretch of last night's game was bad. I think he really struggled. And, and and he struggled on both ends. It wasn't just offensively, but defensively I thought he made some mistakes too. And, and that was a killer for us. But if he doesn't take that shot early in the shot clock, I mean, that might be another 15 seconds off the game clock. That could have changed things, right? Think about the magic at the end of this game. They needed every single second to win that game. Things like this make a difference. They they add up. And these are the things we're watching for as we kind of dive into this film. You have uh, Jordan McLaughlin gets driven on. Josh Okogie uh, ends up uh, trying to help out. But the Magic actually call timeout. So here we are, three minutes and 18 seconds left. And so we're about a minute into the uh, the change in rotation, so the two-point guard lineup. About a minute in, and we are still got that 10-point lead. And I'll tell you this. We're lucky to have a 10-point lead, right? You had the Magic had a charge that got called. It's just been really sloppy for both teams. Wolves very lucky, but there you are, just over three minutes. Now it's Magic ball out of the timeout, but you're still up by 10 points. How do you lose that game, right? You say to yourself, how do you lose a game when you're up 10 points with three minutes to go? So first out of the timeout, they actually take a shot, and it's an air ball. Defense actually isn't that bad. But an air ball by Evan Fournier. So here you go. You got the ball back now. You're up 10 points. Three minutes to go. You have a chance. And now you've switched. D'Angelo Russell is no longer off ball. He brings it up as the point guard. And we have Jordan McLaughlin, who is in the corner. So he's the guy that's spotting up now. And D'Angelo has the ball. All right? He throws it into Nas. He then drives in. And this is the shot that D'Angelo Russell takes. And it's either an air ball or it grazes the rim. He takes an off-balance jumping to the side, heavily contested two-point shot. What are we doing? I, I've, I was talking about this on social media, but this is absolutely stupid. This is such a dumb shot. And you know how much time's on the shot clock, by the way? Ten seconds. So it's not like it was a shot that had to be happened. It wasn't one of those things where, oh, my gosh, the shot clock's dying down. We have to, t- we have to make this. I mean, it was bad. And what does it lead to? It leads to a transition bucket for the Magic, and now it's an eight-point game. 2.40 to go. It's so frustrating. And again, that's 10 seconds we could have definitely used considering how the game ended. Next possession, you have Beasley tries to uh, score in, and then D'Angelo Russell hits Kogi in the corner. By the way, Josh Kogi wide open. He doesn't take the shot, which earlier he did take the shot, so you're talking about that lack of confidence. When Josh Kogi shoots, I don't think it's going in, and I don't think anyone else disagrees with that. If you're watching the games, I don't think when he shoots, you're saying to yourself, ah, this might go in. I think this might go in. No, it's not going in. It isn't. And if it does, you're just saying, well, we'll take it, right? It's a cherry on top. So he passed up the shot and said drives in, 
Throws a pass at Nas Reed's feet. It's a turnover, and what else is it? It's a push for transition for the Magic. Now, the Wolves actually did a decent job of getting back, and they're still, but they're very fortunate because they end up still leaving. And this happened out last game in the Grizzlies game, too. This has happened multiple occasions where we actually get back in time, and then everyone's ball watching because what ends up happening is we leave a guy wide open in the corner for a three. Now, this is where things get a little wonky, if you ask me. They miss the shot, and then as the scramble for the rebound happens, Vucevic holds off with his arm and kind of pushes away Nas Reed, and he gets called for the foul. Magic call a timeout, and the play gets reviewed. In the end, it ends up getting changed. Now, I've had this conversation with a few other people. It seems like I'm in the minority, but I'm going 100% agree with Jim Peterson. When you go to the monitor, you need to have... 100%. You watch this and say, all right, yep, definitely not a foul. And there's no way you can tell me you watched that replay and that you can say to yourself that no chance was there a foul. Do I think it was a foul? More likely than not, no. I don't think it probably was, but it was called a foul on the floor. And if you watch that play, he does. He holds off with one arm, Reed, which I get you can box out, but to me it wasn't a box out because he kind of kind of pushes him away. You can't do – like like – when you're going for the ball, think about this. When there's a struggle for a ball and two players are going, you can't stick your hand in between the player and the ball. That's basically what he's doing here. You can't push a guy. So to me, I don't see how there's enough evidence to overturn. But regardless, let's say there was. Let's forget about all that. Let's just say, yep, they overturned it. They made the right call, which, again, I do think it was probably the right call. But, again, that that's not the point. But out of this... So they come out of the they come out of the huddle and they say, "All right, we're overturning the call, and it's Magic basketball." All right, so the Magic are going to get the basketball now out of this timeout. And by the way, something isn't touched on, but they touched on it during the telecast. Is that they um they actually looked at the uh, I'm trying to think here. They actually right before that, uh, Jim and Pete talked about how they thought there was actually a foul previously. So like right before the foul that was actually called. They were talking about how Nasri got hit in the face. Well, here's the thing. That wasn't called. This is close. It's so frustrating, just as a Wolves fan, how many, how often we kind of just don't get the benefit of a good call. But I digress as we move on. The big point I want to make here is out, after this happens, so the ball goes to the Magic, and we're sitting here, and they, they, run, a play out of, they run an out-of-bounds play. The Magic do. And the Magic has some good shooters. They haven't been shooting well in this game, but it seems like they just kind of all of a sudden got hot. So out of the timeout, they run the play. And here's what you should watch for. If anyone didn't see this, I've touched on this on social media. And this is so incredibly frustrating. But there's very, very clearly an offensive foul, and that's the reason they get this shot, right? So Aaron Gordon... Sets a pick, and then when they when when Beasley goes around the pick, Nikola Vucevic clearly sets a moving screen and like kind of like blocks Beasley from getting out to cover the three point shot. You can't do that. It's it's a moving screen. You cannot do that. And it gets in three points. And now instead of it being an eight point game with the Wolves having the possession of the ball, whether because the call got corrected, or, or because the call was correct, or because they get a stop, because that foul gets called, it should be an eight-point game right now. Instead, it's a five-point game. The Magic are on an 8-0 scoring run, and the Wolves are up just five points, under just under two minutes to go. It's maddening. It is absolutely maddening. There are lots of things that had to go wrong in this game for the Magic to win, and that was one of them. And here we have it. D'Angelo Russell gets the pick up at the top from Nas Reed. He drives in, and he takes, take a guess, a bad shot. Now, here's the thing. 
this is a bad shot for a normal player. I don't necessarily think you can call it a bad shot for for uh, D'Angelo Russell because, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he makes tough shots. He absolutely does. Makes tough shots. But it's frustrating because he gets this shot up with about six seconds left. So, again, it wasn't one of those things where he had to get a shot off right at that point. But it's a, it's a heavily contested fadeaway shot. And I get it. That's a shot that he makes quite often. So I understand that portion of it. But when you add that to all the other mistakes we saw from D'Angelo Russell to end that fourth quarter, and it's just very frustrating. He is supposed to be the guy that steps up. He's supposed to be a, the star on this team, when, especially when Cat's out. And it just didn't happen. Very frustrating. And, of course, what happens out of that? We see the Magic end up hitting another three-point shot. And just like that, it's a two-point basketball game. So uh, Gordon gets the ball, and then this is where I talk about Josh Okogie making mistakes. So Gordon gets the ball. He passes the ball off to Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is already being guarded. Terrence Ross is being guarded by J-Mac. And what, what you see Josh Okogie does is he overhelps, and when he does that, he leaves his man, Aaron Gordon, wide open for the three-point shot. And now it's a two-point game with a minute and a half to go. Josh Okogie's a great defender. He needs to be smarter than that. One thing that people have talked about in the past and this is a good example of that, is that Josh Kogi is a great on-ball defender. He's not a great team defender. And this is an example of where we saw that. He overhelps, and, and it's not necessary. And the Wolves get lucky, though, because they get a three-point shot. And what happens? J-Mac does what he does best. He just finds a way to make big plays. Drives in, gets fouled by Ross, makes the shot, and then in the end actually ends up making the free throw. And Ross, actually, that's his sixth foul, and he is fouled out now. So Jordan McLaughlin goes to the line makes the free throw, like I said, able to get back the three points that they just lost out on, and now they're back on top five points with a minute 20 to go in the game. Now you watch this section. Josh Kogi is guarding on Aaron Gordon, which credit to Josh Kogi, by the way, able to guard some of these bigger players. But then you have a screen and roll, and just like that, they drive in. They're able to get the, the kick out. They miss it. They miss the layup. And then here's what happens. Off of the rebound, D'Angelo Russell swats at the basketball, and he hits it right to a Magic player, and they get an easy layup. I understand what D'Angelo Russell was doing, but it's just it's one of those things where it's so frustrating. He swats at the ball, and he literally hits it right to a Magic player. But Wolves, again, able to answer right back. Fantastic uh, screen and roll action as J-Mac is able to hit the cutting Nas Reed for the wide-open dunk, and it is a five-point game now, and we're talking under a minute to go. Sadly, what happens is Nas Reed, and this has been a problem for him throughout the year, he has improved on the defensive end, but man, did he screw up down the stretch. He ends up leaving his man, and when he leaves his man, J-Mac has to cut in to try to block that. So basically, he comes in to try to make up for the fact that Nas Reed wasn't paying attention. And just like that, Cole Anthony's wide open. Now, you could argue, would you rather have the two-point shot than the three-point shot? You can, you can say what you want, but a wide-open layup is what's probably going to happen there. And so J-Mac does what he's supposed to do. He comes in to help. They kick it out, unfortunately, because Nas Reed wasn't paying attention. On top of that, when J-Mac comes in, Nas Reed doesn't have enough time to get out and cover for J-Mac's guy because he's not paying attention. And just like that, it is a two-point game, 96-94. to There are 35 seconds to go in this game. So many breakdowns, so many issues in this in this game that you can talk about. It's very, very frustrating. And again, every single thing had to go right for this to happen. D'Angelo Russell, by the way, does what he's been doing the entire time he's been in this second part. After a screen, he drives in, takes a strongly contested shot, 
and no shock, it gets blocked out of bounds. Wall's very fortunate to still have the basketball, and it is 10 seconds to go on the shot clock, 21 seconds to go in the game. Now, J-Max passing the ball in. They run a little bit of an out-of-bounds play. They get Beasley open up at the top, drives in, takes a shot, and he is livid, absolutely livid, saying that he wants a foul call here. And to me, it sure looks like there's some contact. Beasley is pissed looking at the official, like wondering, how are you not calling a foul there? And I, I will say this. I didn't think he protested too much, so it wasn't one of those things where he was going to get super angry and you know get a tech or anything like that. But he was adamant, and it's it's tough to say. I watched this play. I've watched this play back a number of times, and I I honestly think it's a foul. I really do. But it's not egregious. It's not like a super obvious thing. And after after that, the wolves. I will say the wolves get lucky. They grab a rebound, and as they're grabbing that rebound, uh, Gordon and Nasri come. Com- they collide and actually uh, probably easily could have been a Nas Reed foul. They do give the Magic the timeout, though. So I don't know the sequence of events. Was was he calling a timeout immediately? And so that's why they don't call that foul. I don't know for sure. But I think the Wolves got a little fortunate there at least. And at that point, it's 16 seconds left. It is a two-point game, so it's 96-94. And here's where uh, we talk about um, some officiating that has really frustrated me a little bit. And this is a good example of that. If you watch back this replay, right, so it's 16 seconds left. The Wolves have uh, a pretty good lineup in right now as they they do go a little bit more defensive-focused. And how about this? So there's 16 seconds left. Aaron Gordon gets the ball, and if you count, it is 100% a five-second violation. But for whatever reason, the referee counts way slower. And if you watch it, like, you know, you're talking 1-1,000, and he's like, I think everything. I think he was probably doing like second and a half counts as opposed to second counts because you know what he didn't want. He didn't want to be the guy that had to make that call there, which is f- so frustrating to me. Do your job. Have the confidence. Do your job. Don't be afraid to 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 make a call that's going to impact the game. You've already done that. You've already made those calls. But absolutely, that was a five second violation. Should be right now. Wolves ball up to with sixteen seconds left. Instead, still magic ball, and we jump into this play. So here you go. It is Aaron Gordon, and he's being guarded by Vanderbilt, who now got brought in. Vanderbilt had been sitting for a while. Vanderbilt is now back in the game, which is good to see. And uh, let's take a look here at what ends up happening. It is a wide-open shot for Fournier, who passes it off because, again, Nas Reed wasn't paying attention. What happened is both Nas Reed and Vucevic end up cutting down to cover the same guy. Vanderbilt screaming at Nas, go back, go back, what are you doing? Nas Reed leaves Aaron Gordon wide open. Wolves very fortunate as he misses the shot, and here's where things go south. Vanderbilt grabs the rebound, and instead of doing the things that, to me, I've had this conversation with a few people, but to me, it is basketball 101. You learn this as a child, that when you grab that basketball, you're calling timeout. You call timeout so that the coach can actually make a play, so that the coach can actually design something in that timeout. And then you have the ball. There'd be six seconds left. But here's what happens. He grabs the ball, and he immediately starts running up the court, which in and of itself is a mistake, right? But in this instance, it actually would have worked. If you watch this play, he runs up. Nas Reed is wide open, like legitimately wide open. And Vanderbilt had looked up and for whatever reason just didn't pass the ball. If he throws the ball to Nas Reed, who is wide open, there isn't a player within probably six or seven feet if he throws that pass, Nasri can either dribble the ball out or go in for an easy dunk, and the game is over. Seriously, the game is over. And people want to rip Ryan Saunders for not calling a timeout there. 
I agree. Ryan Saunders should have called a timeout there. He screwed up. But if you watch the playback, the reason he chooses not to call a timeout, and he made this decision, and we're all going to disagree with it after the fact. I get that. But he, if you watch the play, he is screaming at Vando, pass the ball. He's pointing. He's saying, pass the ball. Pass the ball. And, of course, we get the foul. Jared Vanderbilt ends up missing both his free throws. Not shocking. He's a bad free throw shooter. But Jared Vanderbilt, my goodness, call timeout. Look up the court, see the player, and make the pass. If he passes that ball, the game is over. And here's the thing. As a coach, and I've coached for a number of years. I've coached basketball high school level for a number of years, right? And here's the thing you have to realize. If you're, if you're going to call a timeout there, which, again, they should have, because you can't trust a young player that hasn't played a lot at the NBA level, if you're going to trust the young player to make the right decision, that's the wrong call. That's why you need to call a timeout. But if we're going to just take a look and dive into this, if you're going to call a timeout there, I don't care how good your play calling skills are, you're not going to beat a wide open layup. So what Ryan Saunders did was said, all right, let's just, he's going to pass it. Ryan Saunders just, for whatever reason, Ryan said, all right, I think he's going to pass it. I'm going to yell for him to pass it. He's going to pass it and we're going to win the game. It was a, it was a risk and it did not pay off. He should have called the timeout, bottom line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. And as the play, of course, happens, and for anyone that isn't aware of this, they missed both free throws. And when he misses that second free throw, it's a long rebound. And you know why the Magic end up getting this rebound and why they end up winning this game? Malik Lazy Beasley. This is so frustrating as the coaches are yelling at him to get up on his guy. He doesn't do it, and Cole Anthony is able to get the rebound. If Malik Beasley runs up like he was told to, instead of just like sauntering up there, if he runs up, actually does the job to try to grab that rebound, one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to get the rebound, or Cole Anthony's going to get the rebound, but they're going to fight for the board, and with only like four or five seconds left, the game's going to be over. That's, that's game, right? Or let's say Malik Beasley fights for the rebound and gets a foul. Then at, at worst, it's a tie game, and we have the ball then with maybe one or two seconds or whatever. But because he doesn't run up, because he doesn't do that, and here's the thing. Here's the problem with that too. Because he's late to run up, he is now at a huge disadvantage because instead of actually being in front of his defender, he is now backpedaling, and he is trying to catch up to the guy, and he's not able to do it. If you watch this play, he can never catch up to his man appropriately. And then what happens is because he's trying to catch up to him, all Cole Anthony has to do is slow down. Malik Beasley flies past him, gets a wide-open jump shot for the most part, and that's all she wrote. And that is how the Wolves lose this game. I don't want to hear people saying it's just this person's fault. It's just this person's fault. It was a lot of guys' fault. It was Ryan Saunders' fault. It was, absolutely. It was Malik Beasley's fault. It was, absolutely. It was D'Angelo Russell's fault. Absolutely. There's so many fingers, and we need to point blame at a lot of different people. And what I hope from this is a few things. First of all, I don't need to see Wancho or Ricky Rubio when they come back. I don't. I want to see the J-Max. 100%. Those are the guys that I want to see. Those are the guys that Wolves fans want to see. I'm not alone in this. That's what people want from this roster. That's what we want to watch on this on the on the floor because if you're losing games but you're getting to get developmental minutes and you're able to see some of these young guys continue to progress then I am all for it. What the Wolves need to do, here's the thing. If the Wolves win this game, a close game. Of course fans are happy. A lot of us are all happy. We don't go to bed last night pissed off. I don't know about you guys, but I did. But here's the thing. I think long term losing this game the way we did is more beneficial than winning it by like 2 points because I don't think that the Wolves look in the mirror appropriately or the way they should if they win this game 
if they win this game by two points, I think they're all very happy and everyone's saying, all right, you know, we struggled a bit, but we won that game. We found a way to win the game. But I don't want that. I want them to deep dive into this game and say, all right, what happened? Why did we lose this game? Let's make these adjustments. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody enjoys losing, right? That's not something we need to argue about. That's just fact. And so you lose this game, and it's really going to force this team to look in the mirror. And it's going to force players to make changes. It's going to make, does the organization make changes at some point? I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Saunders' future. I'm on record. I don't think he should be losing his job when he hasn't even had one full season. But there's definitely some things you can take from this game, and we're going to get them because of the loss more so than we would have, I think, if we had won this in a close game. So that's all we're gonna. That's all we're gonna have for this week's show. Um, you know, stay tuned. We'll probably have. We're gonna have some more episodes uh, later in the week. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing in That Channel. This is the Howl. And for anyone that missed any of our show, you can find us, of course, on anywhere podcasts are found: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podient. We are at all those locations. And until next time, let me get a howl. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 to 